0: Welcome to The Teacher and the Preacher. This program is all about the importance of coming to understand that the Christian community and the Jewish community have more in common than we have been led to believe. Rather than seeing each other as against each other, we need to come to a point of seeing that the statement that our country is a Judeo-Christian nation is much more than just a mere statement, but truly reflects the reality of our nation as it was and should remain. Every week there will be an interesting dialogue about the issues that have divided Jews and Christians and how we can move in bridging the gaps and see that by talking about the issues, we can better move in the direction of having more unity. Unity that will heal and help bring together a nation that is under attack by the forces of atheism, secularism, and a breakdown of family values. Join us now for a discussion between the teacher and the preacher.
1: Welcome to The Teacher and The Preacher, and thank you for joining us this weekend. I'm the preacher, Dave McGuera.
0: And I'm the teacher, Harold Berman. And as our regular listeners know, this is a long-time weekly dialogue between an Orthodox Jew and an evangelical pastor. So we we, we bridge our two faiths, and we meet in the middle, and we're enriched uh, by coming from very different places, but we're also coming from der- very different places geographically. Uh, Dave in Idaho and i'm here in israel so because i'm right here in israel and i I can see what's going on literally out my window we often do israel updates and in doing israel updates uh sometimes there are some more interesting things sometimes there are less interesting things it's always interesting there's never a dull moment in israel unfortunately we're doing an israel update right now because things have gotten very 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 interesting but not at all in a good way. And I would also, before we get going, uh, just caveat that we have pre-recorded this show. So we recorded it this past Tuesday, the 11th, and you're hearing it uh, this, this weekend, a few days later. This is a moving target. These are news events that are literally in progress. So there's a possibility some of this may even be dated when you hear it, but the basic principles and what's going on won't be.
1: Right. So just to help our listeners, let's launch with just a little bit of the scenario. Over 600 rockets have been fired out of Gaza. There has been some people killed in the process. Yep. There has been um, a lot of scrambling that's been created uh, among the people of Israel because um, these rockets continue to uh, travel greater distances, meet, reaching uh, further out from Gaza. Um, Paint the picture of the current scenario.
0: So, the current scenario is I am fortunate relatively. I live in Ephrat, which is near Jerusalem. We're inland a bit. And because we're inland uh, and we're not really where the rockets are being fired, although there were rockets fired that hit north of Jerusalem. Uh, We have had, by the way, in the past, uh, when there have been rockets from Gaza, rockets that went near here. But fortunately, up to this point, Uh, never hear. So this hasn't impacted me directly uh, in terms of personally, but it's all very personal in Israel. And uh, for those communities, particularly right along the coast, which is to say north of Gaza, if you were to look at a map, you would see Gaza. And then north of Gaza, there is a city called Ashkelon, and north of that Ashdod and then you get to Tel Aviv. So, And, and you, some people have heard of Sderot, which is a, a small town right on the Gaza border. So they're often the first hit. But now Hamas has much longer range rockets. So uh, there have been hundreds of rockets shot at Ashkelon um, in the last 24 hours. And uh, many of them, and I, I saw video video footage of this. It was amazing to watch. Many, many of them shot out of the sky by the Iron Dome system. Uh, but no system, not even Iron Dome, uh, can be a hundred percent. And uh, unfortunately, some of those rockets have made contact, and they've made contact now north of Ashkelon, going toward uh, Ashdod. And what they're really aiming for is Tel Aviv, because that's the largest population center. Right.
1: One of the things that Israel has leaned on very heavily that's been an absolute miracle, and that's been the Iron Dome and the system that it has. But um, even the Iron Dome can have some technical issues, and that's one of the things that happened during this uh, rocket barrage, yeah. and and because of that, some of those rockets did fall on Ashkelon and Ashdod, and uh, there are some casualties, and there's some deaths that have been reported. and. You know, just as you mapped out for our listeners, we, we were recording this before it airs, which is a few days after we, after we've recorded this. But um, we have on our phones uh, alert that goes off whenever rockets are fired or missiles are fired at Israel, and our alarms went off all through the night. Yeah, I'm telling you, this over 300. Rockets were fired just through the night here in uh, in the U.S. time, and um, I, I tell you all through the night, Harold, I was praying for Israel and the Jewish people. I was praying for for those innocent Palestinian people. And um, let's talk for a minute about how how did this start? How's the uh, how did this particular current unrest? come about.
0: So so that's incredibly important because I think uh, somebody listening may say, yeah, well, why are they shooting the rockets? Now, this is hardly the first time that Hamas has shot rockets. Just to give a very brief history, 2005, Israel pulled 8,000 settlers, Jewish settlers out of Gaza. There was not one settler, not one settlement remained. Uh, billions of dollars were ready to pour in to they were going to make uh gaza the singapore of the middle east they were calling it and then hamas took over and that's not what they were interested in they were interested in destroying israel so it started out that uh goods flowed freely into and out of gaza but then hamas used that to make weapons to make rockets to dig tunnels which they're still doing and that's when Israel started controlling things. Uh, you'll sometimes hear anti-Israel forces say, oh, but Israel controls the airspace. Israel controls the sea. Well, that's why Israel does, because uh, they were getting shot out. So we're still getting shot out. This has happened any number of times. And there's always a different reason, but it's not really a reason. It's an excuse. And that's why I wanted to paint this, this picture, because there, there's always the latest reason they're doing it so this all started uh right now we're actually we just ended this week ramadan so ramadan for uh the arab world obviously the muslim world specifically has is very big and there are a lot of muslims in israel it's very big for them so you you had two different things converge the first is basically a real estate dispute there is a neighborhood in east jerusalem called Sheikh zara and Here's basically the history. This is what happened. 1875, land was purchased there by Jews. So in other words, what in America would be a basic real estate transaction, people, in this case Jews, hold legal title, you know, end of discussion. 1948, however, you have the War of Independence. Jordan captures East Jerusalem. They kick the Jews out. They take that land. They then move Palestinians or Arabs under Jordanian control into the property on that land Israel gets it back in 1967 uh and now the land of uh under the land laws of Israel well the land is registered to Jews they had it before 48 just because Jordan uh you know took it in a war doesn't mean now they don't uh it was never registered to the Palestinians living there they never purchased it it was never registered under Jordanian law they were renters period so the residents actually agreed in the early 1980s that the it was the Jewish organization that owned the land and the court said, okay, so you have to pay rent. Well, they've refused. This has dragged through the courts and all these years. And now finally, a court said, it's an open and shut case. You don't pay rent. You get evicted. That's the way it works anywhere. And somehow that has now become hey, uh, the Jews are ethnically cleansing us. And basically what they're saying is, well, yeah, there's the land law, but we don't like that so uh, because we think we should live here. So uh, that was the first thing. And then the second thing, that fueled it. The second thing was you had tens of thousands of, of Palestinians, Arabs going up to the Temple Mount Al-Aqsa uh, for Ramadan. And they started rioting. This started last week. They started rioting. We're talking about thousands and thousands of people rioting, throwing bricks, rocks, bottles. They had, by the way, brought rocks into Al-Aqsa, which is supposedly a holy place for them. They brought all these rocks in so that they could then start a riot uh, and assault the police. And they're throwing all kinds of things at the police. So the police actually have a job to do. So it didn't end well there were about 200 uh palestinians who were injured and then they did it this uh, another time and i think it's three or four times they rioted uh and of course uh what this the spin on this became oh israel is uh you know they're attacking the palestinians but it, it was actually the opposite uh hamas then said to israel we're giving you an ultimatum You have until, this is uh, as of a few days ago, you have uh, until, I think it was 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, to get off of the Temple Mount, or we're firing rockets. So they started firing the rockets, and here we are. So long story, because there's a lot of background, but it all started with people who don't want to pay their rent.
1: Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Now, as we've talked across our years together of the crazy side of israel where you know um <laughs> the melting pot and uh some of the conflict there, there's
0: there's no shortage of craziness here yeah. <laughs>
1: but you know what 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 has been the mood among all these tensions that are escalating have the arab israelis Um, called for calm? Have they uh, thrown gas on the fire? Have they tried to quell things? Uh, Talk about that.
0: Uh, So, uh, you know, it's hard to generalize because we're talking about uh, basically 20% of Israel's population, uh, about one and a half million people. So obviously there's a range and there are actually arabs in israel who are staunch Zionists. Um, not it's not a huge majority of them but they exist and so i i i, I want to say that because i i don't want this to be just a sweeping generalization for all of them having said that uh the overall mood among the arab population appears to be throwing gas on the fire uh there have been protests there have been riots in uh areas that are largely arab There is a city called Lod. Uh, uh, It's actually mentioned in the Bible as Lida, Uh, but the city of Lod uh, is a largely Arab city. It's actually right next to the airport. And uh, I just saw footage today. They were rioting in front of the hospital in Lod and trying to prevent patients from being admitted. Now, this is a hospital, by the way, that serves a largely Arab population. But this is the kind of thing that is going on. The police are out in full force, the army is out in full force. I don't want to make it sound like it's martial law here because like for example, where I'm living, it actually seems sort of like a normal day today. But if you go to places where there are large Arab populations, you'll see a very different story because yeah, they are throwing gas on the fire.
1: Yeah. This is a very serious situation. You know, When Israel calls up 5,000 of their reserves and when the police are absolutely overwhelmed to the point that when other issues are arising and no police are available, you you realize, wow, this is very consuming. We have um, over 300 that have been wounded among the Palestinians uh, that they're reporting. We have... um, the cancellation of uh, Jerusalem Day and uh, some of the things that are connected with
0: that. Actually, we we should we should mention that because um, you know I, I think there are no accidents in the world. You know, God is ultimately pulling the strings, and this is one of those cases where just the timing hardly seems like it could be an accident. Uh, so yesterday, this is now uh, for for our listeners, Monday. This past Monday. Was an Israel Jerusalem Day, and uh, this is the anniversary of in nineteen sixty seven when Israel took back the rest of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was unified. It's it's obviously a big day. Uh, there is normally a parade that goes through, and it. By the way, it, and there are there are people who have very different feelings about this, uh, and you could make a case either way. But there are there's a parade that goes actually through the Muslim quarter of the old city and the people who do it are pretty right wing and they feel like hey we're saying hey we're here we're not going anywhere you could also make the case that's a provocation in any event things were so serious that the police said "Um, we're rerouting the parade uh but that this is happening on Jerusalem day this is supposed to be the day where we're celebrating the unification of the city and we have you know, rioting on the Temple Mount and rockets and everything else.
1: Well, there's a major fire that's been set on the Temple Mount. Yeah. And the, they have yet to report really what's been damaged or burned. But I mean, as I said earlier, this is a very, very serious time and, and issue. And one of the things that always ends up being a part of this and that is the, the global leaders uh, and the and the global criticism towards Israel. And
0: yeah. There's I know like uh, at being objective, honestly.
1: Yes, right, right. And 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 so let's talk about that because you know, no matter what Israel does in the way of its defense of itself, there is going to be unfair and untruthful
0: criticism yeah so the the u n already is planning you know they want to have an inquiry and they want to condemn israel and that 's just the u n is nothing if they 're not predictable uh, when it comes to israel um, and and listeners, you can look this up. the majority of resolutions that condemn a country in any given year are against israel, the majority not China for human rights violations, not Iran israel. So you have the UN, you have the European Union calling, and this is the common code you hear in all of the situations, calling for, quote, restraint on both sides, um, you know, condemning the killing on both sides. And obviously there wouldn't be killing on both sides if if Hamas were not firing rockets in the first place. Uh, I think you can imagine if Canada or Mexico, hard as it would be to imagine, were firing rockets into the U.S., and those rockets were hitting major population centers, I don't think that—and it doesn't really matter whether Trump is president or Biden is president—I don't think the U.S. would be showing restraint (laughs) or saying, oh, well, you know, we got to go about this gradually. We don't want to fan the flames. I think they would be doing whatever— they needed to do to protect their citizens, and that's true of any country. Uh, Unfortunately, um, Israel has a situation where they're always thinking about public opinion, and I I am of the view that that never works, that they just need to do what every other country would do and protect its citizens fully, you know, full stop.
1: So there was a a raid on the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Do, Do you know much about what that raid was about?
0: Uh, I believe if it's if it's what I'm what I think you're referring to that was when they they started rioting and they and they they basically started rioting and that's when the police went in and then the police were attacked. Uh, And when I say attacked I you know I mean like attacked. (laughs) Uh, I think there were 18 police officers injured one pretty seriously you know this was not a, a little scuffle. By the way, you mentioned about the fires, uh, and again, this is supposed to be—they keep saying Alaksa is such a holy site, but they're they're setting fires, they're rioting up there. I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't I don't think most of your congregants think about rioting in church. I I'd never think about rioting in synagogue. It's not, you know, <laughs> if a place is holy to you, it's it's just not what you do. But there is some dramatic footage, and you can find it, I think, on YouTube. Uh, where it's taken from the Kotel, the western wall plaza which sits right below the temple mount and this is on jerusalem day so you have all of these uh, thousands of jews together they're dancing they're celebrating they're singing and you're seeing this and right above it a little bit in the distance on the temple mount you're seeing these fires raging it's the juxtaposition is, is surreal
1: so let's talk about some of these evictions, or as you mentioned, you know, they, they weren't paying rent. What, what, was, what was the bottom line of that? Um, what, what, why would that, you know, launch this whole thing?
0: Well, I think it's symbolic because what, you know, by saying they have to pay rent uh, or they get evicted by saying that, Uh, If they agree to that, then they're basically agreeing that, first of all, they're agreeing that Israel controls this land, which they don't want to agree to. They're agreeing that it is actually Jewish owned They're because from their point of view, this is all Palestinian land. Uh, The Jews don't belong here. The Jews have no right here. And, And the fact that somebody actually purchased it with a legally valid deed is completely beside the point jews just don't belong here and this is palestinians so now when they're saying hey you didn't pay rent to the jewish owners we're going to evict you which again anywhere else in the world that's like that's just the way it works uh but here it's laden with all the symbolism of wait israel's a real thing israel's not going anywhere israel has control over this land we don't and that's something they, you know, they could not stomach that in 1948. They couldn't stomach that in 1967. They can't stomach it today.
1: I remember with, as though it was yesterday, having the privilege of being in Israel back in, I think it was 2014. I believe that was um, the major Gaza war mm. uh, piece. I think it was 2014. Yeah, Maybe it I, was, believe, I
0: believe it was.
1: Yeah, and I remember one of the things that happened was there were 50 pastors from the 50 U.S. states that flew into Tel Aviv. Um, At that point, President Obama had forbid any American carriers to fly in there, so we flew Al Al and we flew into Tel Aviv. I never saw the airport in Tel Aviv that empty in all my years of traveling there, Mm. but the Prime Minister actually put our itinerary together, and he had um photographer embedded with us, and each day we were out uh, fulfilling what he wanted us to see firsthand. And one of those things that he saw was that he wanted us to see the Iron Dome. He wanted us to see how it functioned, inform us about how it worked, and, and help us to know what a miracle was because... This was a dual partnership piece. Um, the Israelis thought it up and invented it, and the U.S. Uh, basically financed it. So it was a dual partnership piece. And it was amazing to watch how this thing works, because in simple terms, when a rocket is fired out of Gaza, there may be, oh, I don't know, a dozen different iron domes that are geographically uh, poised or situated uh, around the outskirts of Gaza, that Gaza, whole Gaza Strip, that are monitoring any rocket movement. So when a rocket is fired, that Iron Dome, they all immediately go into action. The radar kicks in. And they're able to assess not only where that rocket was fired from, but where its destination is, the direction it's heading, whether or not it's headed for a populated area or an unpopulated area. And if it's headed for an unpopulated area, then they just let it go but if it's headed for a populated area then those iron domes uh, narrow it down to the iron dome that's most um, appropriately positioned to take out that rocket that's been fired so all of this information is happening in milliseconds and then all of a sudden this 18 19 year old idf female soldier who's running that iron tome She has about uh, eight seconds to decide whether or not to push the button that sends two missiles out to take that rocket down.
0: Right, right.
1: And um, he talked about how um, that has been the miracle. And then his conversation turned to us as pastors, and he said, you know, you, you are our Iron Dome. He said, because one of the things that's happening in Israel, we're fighting a war literally on the ground here and in the air. But he said, we're also fighting it with the world media. And he said, "Um, this is where you're our Iron Dome because they're firing lies about us. They are targeting Israel with enormous lies. And he said the reason I want you here to see everything firsthand and be on the front lines and sit in these military briefings and talk with people at the Knesset and, and, and go and really take it all in and visit with these soldiers. He said, when you go home, you'll be able to speak the truth, which will take down those lies that are being fired at us. And he said, it, it, will, it will destroy um, the, the, the lies and, and, and bring truth. And I think about that when I think about every one of these conflicts that happens in Israel. And um, I was reading yesterday that one of the leaders there in Israel was confronting the U.S. for throwing gas on the fire with their criticisms. And uh, this is is one of the things that makes it more serious than it needs to be. And I, I think that this is... Also, underscoring some of the potential conflict that's happening in the current administration with with uh, regards to its relationship with Israel, because you know the former president Donald Trump was outspoken in, in support of Israel, and now it's a little bit up for grabs. And yeah. uh, listening to the press secretary even this morning, they said, "Well, listen, we're monitoring the situation." Right, so it's it's one of those things where right now israel needs no it's, i'm telling you it is yeah. Israel needs uh the support of the American people and the american uh leadership 100%. uh Israel needs to have its own um uh knesset be able to to come together on some of these things because it can be so divided politically but when when the country is under fire. Wow, you you just have to, you know, call a timeout on all the minor stuff and deal with where the fire is burning, you know. Yeah. And this is where we pray. We we encourage our listeners to pray for Israel. We encourage our listeners to pray for for um the protection of all the people and for wise decisions to be made. And um it's a it's a very concerning and very critical time right now and, and so I wanna encourage our, our listeners to really Pray for Israel, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, stand with Israel. God is gonna bless those who bless Israel and he takes very seriously what he said and I will curse those who curse Israel. So yeah. I, I hope that you uh, will stay informed and this is the value of having Harold with boots on the ground right there in Israel. I love well, that Harold, thank you so much. No, it, it's, We're about it's out important. of time. Would you like to tell the people how they can contact us?
0: so you can go to our website www.teacherandthepreacher.com you can contact us right there you can also listen to the latest shows you can go back and listen to any of our archive shows you can see what shows are coming up and even see pictures of us uh, if if you care to uh, <laughs> but that's the best way to contact us you can also do it the old-fashioned way by email the and the preacher at gmail.com and we read every email, we read everything we get through the website, and we usually respond. And you also can check out our Facebook page, The Teacher and the Preacher on Facebook. We post a fact of the day, information about the situations we've been discussing, and many other things, and information that you won't find often in the mainstream media, but that's so important to understanding the situation.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, Harold, you know what? You and your family and uh, so many of our Jewish friends, wow, they have sure been in our prayers, and we'll continue to keep that up. And uh, we need you to stay safe, right?
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Well, I want to thank our donors for helping us do exactly what we just did today, be on the air and be able to talk about these things, keep our listeners informed. We hope that um, any of our listeners will be able to go back and be able to uh, listen to some of those archived broadcasts, Harold, that, that are on our website, teacherinthepreacher.com, because we've got some tremendous guests and some tremendous topics that we've covered. You'll find a treasure trove there. Well, until next week, may the God of Israel, who never slumbers or sleeps, may he watch over Israel and our Jewish friends, and may God bless America.
0: Amen.